inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Good morning, listeners. You are listening to Outlook on this Monday morning on Radio Western. How are you today, Brian? Oh, not too bad. Again, recording from home. I just like to point out that people know we're still not actually in the studio. Yeah. Um, I think there are a few people who work at the station who are in the studio, but for the most part, they're still trying to. We're just trying to play it safe, right? You can't be having too many people coming in and out, especially the, lately with the way things have been going. Yeah, I mean, so we're into um, into October now. Here we are, and yeah, the pandemic here in Ontario. Uh, just to keep track for future uh, knowledge, we are apparently in our second wave. So um, it's getting a little tense again. So, but yeah, so we have been doing a few t- um, interviews and things on the show recent in recent weeks in person, you and me together, but. It feels weird even doing that at times like this. Yeah, I mean, it it goes both ways, I think. In a lot of ways it it wasn't it's been nice to have a lot of guests and interviews because it does get your mind off things and even though we touch on some of these topics in the interviews, we still try to talk about other things as well and it's it's always that balance of these these things are important so we want to we want to be aware of this what's going on now with with COVID and everything, but we also want to keep people's distracted with other things too. So it's a, it's that balance. Right. But it's nice now that it's for this week anyway, it's just the two of us. Cause we do have a couple, couple guests coming up um, in the next couple weeks for this month as well. So, and we've been, do we? I'm curious actually to, at the end of this year, when we do our year end round uh, roundup to see how many guests we had on this year. Cause it's been a, quite a few. Well, yeah, now that we're an hour long show and we're in covet times, um, we sort of, transferred over to mostly interviews but occasionally we like to have a show where it's the two of us are um are just us uh, brother and sister here on radio western and uh, again we appreciate it um thank you radio western for giving us this 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 space and also we are on uh apple uh, podcasts Podcasts and spotify so just search for outlook on radio western on those services and you can find us as a podcast and i do plan to get onto more services uh actually our guest who will be on next week mentioned stitcher again so i've been planning to get it up on stitcher and and others. right just that's the way you can get it out there the more services you're on so well uh as we know with covid we've talked about this before there are um certain things that um, make it harder to being blind in a pandemic, but um, you know, I guess we're lucky we have family around to help. But uh, Thanksgiving's going to be different. So today is Thanksgiving, actually. Yeah, we're we're recording this on on the Friday uh, before, right at the Thanksgiving weekend here. And I was reading that there might be some more restrictions or something announced today which by the time you're listening to this it gets confusing but um yeah it's uh it's just one of those things where 
we're we're in this thing for a few months and people it's 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 tough it's tough for everyone and people get impatient and they feel like things are happening forever but we have to yeah. try to we have to try to relax and we're not really in the best world for patience because now with so many distractions and so much right at our fingertips it's really easy for people to get impatient i think and we have to remember that this this stuff isn't over this this thing didn't just magically disappear and we have to we have to be aware yeah, it's of that like, and oh it's thanksgiving i guess i'm done as a virus it's just not gonna happen that way especially for a poor old canadian thanksgiving um but i i have been rather distracted with events in the world uh but now COVID's right back up there and what people don't understand some of them who haven't experienced it close to home and think it's being exaggerated and find it an inconvenience. There are a lot of people with, as we've said, different disabilities that that is, it makes it scarier. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that everyone's adjusting to. And I think sometimes people get caught up in their own individual wants. And, and I mean, this isn't related to blindness specifically what I'm saying now, it's more just people in general, but we get focused on our individual situation, you know, I don't like to talk, get too political, but it's, it's the whole yeah. thing about, oh, I don't know anyone who has this and all that. But if you, if everyone knew someone who had this, then that would be a major, major problem. Like the fact, <sighs> the fact is, it's a good thing. And when people say things are going yeah. down, we should, or things are not going down, but we know. should be grateful if we don't know anybody who's had it and not use it as a reason to be but I think it's Reck reckless, but I think it's easy for some people to get caught up in their own life and think that it hasn't affected them. So they don't, they just think it's not that big of a thing and they, they don't realize that it's, it's, we all have to work together and it's, it's a hard thing to do. It, we I'm noticing is for people to work together and that's kind of sad, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's happening. Uh, but it's October, which means a lot of, um, these days for the, for, blindness sort of issues come up in October. Um, I don't know if you want to. Um, yeah, so I was a little confused about this, actually, because I can clear it up for you. You had sent some notes saying this is Blindness Awareness Month. But then I guess this is this was an, an initiative from the NFB, the National Federation of the Blind, calling this month Meeting the Blind Month. So I guess those are two different things. Meet the Blind Month. Or meet yeah. the Blind Month. Sorry. It's meet the Blind Month. So those are two different things, right? But maybe they picked October because it's also Blindness Awareness Month. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. So it is Blindness Awareness Month. Uh, but um, October 8th was World Sight Day. Right. But, my, but, but just going back to what I said previously, the Meet the Blind Month, that's a separate thing, right? Or you don't even know? Yeah. No, it's a separate thing. Okay, I just think it's, that's what I'm saying. So there, there's Meet the Blind Month. There's Blindness Awareness. There's it's just uh, weird that those Sight are both. In the, I guess they're both in the same month. I don't quite understand. I guess maybe they picked that on purpose. I'm just, I'm just. Yeah, I'm October. Um, it was what? So I think it started with um, International White Cane Day, which is on October 15th. So that one was established, I think, back in the 30s, and uh, I guess they probably built these other ones around it because there's also uh, National Disability Employment Awareness Month, is that which is a mouthful. Is that October too? Yes, <laughs> yes it is. <laughs> well, that's so. good. Then we at least had we had a couple uh, blind guests on recently who have who are employed. One was in, still in September, but uh, right. So I, ways. I mean, I I did want to kind of focus on um, th that one specifically because, like you said, yeah, we have had 
few recent guests who um, have both had jobs at banks and we've discussed a bit about how they got those jobs and uh, how they how they perform their their duties at them uh, so yeah we had Sarah Jevnikar a couple weeks back and we had uh, Patricia last week Patricia right? Elgersma so she's right. from British Columbia and then Sarah's from right here in London, local. And we were trying to find more blind people or people with disabilities locally that we could maybe speak to, to discuss some sort of local issues. But um, yeah, we've, we've, we've gotten to know a lot of the people out West with the Canadian Federation of the Blind and she's not directly that, but she's, that's, we met her through that. So, so yeah, that was a fun conversation. So lately we've been talking musical themes. We've been talking music Braille, which you and I both don't know, even though we're avid Braille readers. And we talked about Perfect Pitch last week. I kind of, kind of know music Braille. Um, but oh, okay. Well, I did learn it a little bit in high school. And if I, if I were to see it now, like I can remember, like I still don't know why they do it, but for, for whatever reason, like the, the note that's an E in, in, uh, Music is an F in Braille, and I don't know what the reason for that. Um, <laughs> just to just to make people's heads spin on a Thanksgiving yeah, Monday. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, and then there's different dots underneath the letter, depending on if it's a half note, a quarter note, or an eighth note. Um, they'll put like a dot three under it for one of them, or a dot three and six if it's a half note, or something like that. And it's just <laughs> it's it's a whole crazy system for, and neither of us. Well, you don't really know it at all, and I I barely know it. I just kind of but it's it. like it's like most people with Braille when they say see Braille in general, it's it's this oh my god, this must be so hard to learn, and it's the same thing for me with music Braille. Like I just I know nothing about it, and it's intimidating. But yet I wish I'd learned it early on. And now and then that that all that ties into the the musical theme shows which we've been doing a couple a bit more lately which is it's kind of nice because we don't we haven't talked about music too much on this show and that wasn't by choice really it was more just hasn't come up as much as you might think and it also I also like to not feed into the stereotype all the time and just you know I don't want to be talking about music too much because it's there's other things <laughs> that blind people do besides music that was kind of a stereotypical thing in the past, but at the same time, there are a lot of blind people who, uh, who are into music. So it is good mm -hmm. to be talking about on the show. And then the thing that you, you were really fascinated by is, the, <laughs> is a perfect pitch, um, discussion. And yep. it's, it's something I've been thinking about recently too. Like it's something I could talk even longer about with Patricia from last week, just cause there is there, I don't run into too many people That's that have I it and yeah, I I was I was thinking that we could get into a whole like we could take up a lot of the sh of the whole episode with that subject. I posed the question last week about whether um, people have heard of P Perfect Pitch. No, I don't know why I, I'm thinking they haven't. Yeah, I think I, it's like a, I did I wonder it, if it's a blind. Well, I think thing. it's for for one, maybe you're not you're you're not as involved in music. I think anyone who's a music no. teacher or musician or something i think they they would have heard of it for sure it's more like patricia was pointing out the research behind it and what it is exactly i think is a little is a little bit more difficult to pin down and I, i'd be curious too i haven't actually really done really any research on it so i wouldn't mind myself but it just made me think of a couple things i would have brought up one being that yeah. i wonder if there's i think there's different levels of perfect pitch because i can tune a guitar but sometimes it's like all of the notes are in tune with each other, but they're slightly flat or sharp. So it's still not perfect, perfect. So I'm wondering if like, like anything, like 
I know I have it because like if I hear a G, I can tell you it's a G. Yeah. Which is that's like the that's like her comparison to colors, which was really neat. Where if someone mm-hmm. sees something that's green, it's green. Um, you just know. Yeah, and I think that's like me just sitting here in my head right now, thinking I can think what a G is. Whereas for someone who yep. doesn't have perfect pitch, that'd be like, wow. But yeah, I th- I can't really p- picture what a what a, the note the G note is. At the same when time, when I hear it, I yeah. recognize it. At the same time, it seemed like Patricia might even be a little more in tune with it because she would say if something's slightly off, she notices. It. Yeah, I don't know if I'm quite as keen as that with it. Like I she said, she might I'll tune be more sensitive and, than you. Yeah, that's just it, and I think it's like anything where some people just interpret things even more than others and it's um it was just you know it was an interesting mm-hmm. discussion and part of me was like wait do i even do i have perfect pitch for sure like <laughs> but i was like yeah i think i think i do well all of this stuff is in the brain um but i it's the same thing with me i believe i have something called charles bonner syndrome and also synesthesia which maybe someone's heard of synesthesia and i think we should get into that more in depth in a future episode yeah it'd be interesting uh, to find a, a guest or someone some, who has that or is studies it or knows yeah, a bit about it yeah on that on that show um, because it that that incorporates colors synesthesia because um i can still picture colors in my head and i i assign colors to things and i see like i see images in my brain now even though i can't can't see visually anymore and often it's colors and things which it's obviously a figment of my imagination, right? Like it's not, I'm, there's nothing really there that I'm seeing. It's all in the brain. But with synesthesia, uh, you can mix, your brain muddles up visual and audible and a whole bunch of things. And, you, you know, you can see the time of day and weird things like that. Yeah, it's just so. a whole bunch of stuff going on in the brain and it's certain connections yeah. to things. And if you lose a sense, then your brain's still trying to to. Yep. to to fill that void and yeah yeah it's just it's a whole it's a whole thing and that's why i just this this discussion actually came up recently on on a radio show i listen to sometimes um where these people know they know nothing about blindness and stuff as as understood it's just people were kind of saying like how come on this discussion on the show i was listening to they were saying how come the science the and this is a tough thing because this is all recent now with science and this whole debate but people they were kind of saying on this show that i listen to sometimes that Oh, how come scientists haven't figured out a cure for for blindness? How come they can't just fix an eye? But it, the reason is because it's not. <laughs> they make it. They made it sound like oh, these scientists know nothing because they're researching this stuff for years and they haven't cured it. And how can't they? But the thing is, it's not just the fact of reattaching a retina or just fixing the eye simply like mechanically. It's it's, it's like uh, when you have a transplant and they the kidney transplant, they put it in your abdomen and in, in front and they attach the ureter to your bladder, right? Like that's a mechanical connection that can be made that works, but it's so more, much more complicated with the brain and, and the, you know, the optic nerve and yeah, all those things. A lot of it is in the brain and, and the brain is one area that it's still a lot, a lot to be learned about it. It's a, right. It's something very complex that, um, anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up. It's just an interesting thing, especially tying in with, Meet the Blind Month and Blindness <laughs> Awareness Month and all that, where people well, say, "Well, when the, when people think or... that blind people, well, a common trope in um, in our society is that blind people were born with magical, like with powers, like not even magical. In reality, it's just a common thought. Oh, you got you have better hearing than me. They'll say, but in in people in sort of in in people's imagination and in story, um, 
a lot of blind characters in, in things like that have some sort of power. So I kind of consider um, synesthesia or a perfect pitch. It's close enough to having a sort of a... It is in a sense because it's not like like Patricia was talking about last week. It's not, or at least she believes, and I and I, I happen to agree in, um, that it's not something you really learn. It's you're, you're born with it. And yeah. certain yep. abilities are like that. Like music can be like that. People can learn it later in life. But I think to some degree I was born with musical ability and that's might tie tie probably ties into the perfect pitch as well a little bit just making music making a little bit more sense to me as far yeah. as a, an actual um, concept instead of just yeah. something entertainment to listen to so yeah it's just it's interesting to think about and that's and that's everything whether someone's blind or whatever whatever um, other condition they may have it's we still have these these different characteristics and things that other people maybe don't have and it's easy yeah. it's, sometimes it's people look at the the negative, oh, you don't have sight, you don't have this, but maybe you have something right. else that they don't have. So it's... and that's... Exactly. Um, but as I point out when I talk about how uh, October 8th was World Sight Day, I saw posts everywhere, because um, as soon as it talks about the eyes, then it talks about blindness. But it was going on about how World Sight Day is a day for gr- spreading awareness about blindness. And I was just thinking... I don't think that's what World Sight Day. Yeah, I got, I got really confused about this World Sight Day, and as I've said, yeah. especially since we've started doing this show, there's so many days for everything, and I don't always yeah. pay that enough attention. So now I've really been aware of these, and I don't necessarily remember World Sight Day from the past. But <laughs> well, it, it sounds to me like again, why wouldn't like part of me thinks that something should be it'd be called World Blind Day if it's based on looking like talking about blindness and stuff i didn't really understand yeah was you'd think world sight day you'd be but again that's that's the way a lot of stuff is being being uh termed is like sight loss and that's why i i I do take i'm trying to use the word i prefer to use the word blind myself um just because it's it's very to the point it's not all kind of wishy-washy and i get i get that visually impaired some people prefer because they're not totally blind and they they there are differences I, c- I can understand that but at the same time for me personally the fact that i am blind i don't want to i wouldn't and i've caught myself saying visually impaired in the past and whatever it's fine but I, i'm really trying yeah. kind of not to because i just think that 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 just is still still kind of dancing around the... yeah well uh i just I, obviously world sight day is sort of more affiliated with things like uh foundation fighting blindness things like that that uh, that that these places that are working on um developing cures for different retinal diseases and things and if you look at blindness as a disease uh that's you know obviously what you're gonna aim for i always want to highlight on this show that it's there's no disagreement with looking for cures and researching and all this there's no disagreement with that it's more so that we don't want to be talking about that too much and we don't want to be constantly talking about foundation fighting blindness because then it just it kind of keeps blindness down a bit and makes it sound like it it's a big problem that needs to be fixed instead of really trying to work at getting more blind people involved in society hiring more blind people into the workforce and just just changing things with what we have instead of trying to plan for something that doesn't exist at the moment like it's i don't know yeah well we can't we can't all sit around and wait for that so um We've been talking about all these other days in October, and uh, 
again, does it help in social media? Does it help in these campaigns to raise awareness? I don't know. And uh, we asked Patricia last week, uh, the question that I ask myself a lot is like, how often do I feel like I need to educate people? You know, some days I'm just not in the mood. Some weeks I'm not in the mood. Some months I'm not in the mood. Um, I think it's... Because it's tricky. Yeah, I think it's the way I try to do everything is... If if you've listened to the show enough or if you know me personally, you'd probably know. But And you're the, it's very similar. Try to stay kind <laughs> of in the middle with things where it's, yeah. it's good to educate people. But at the same time, no matter how much educating you do, if people don't want to listen, they're not necessarily going to listen. So it, it's also the responsibility of other people to learn. And it's also our, I believe, our responsibility, which not not to go against any of this, the stereotypes and stuff that's out there that's preventing this from happening, which I still think is important to talk about but it is also our responsibility to to learn and get out there and get, look for employment and find jobs like when you see these our last two guests working it that for me that if anything really educates people when they start to see more blind people out working and it's it is a whole discussion in itself and it's not very easy to do always it's just that yeah. in itself teaches people oh a blind person can work at a bank if they don't actually see a blind person working at a bank and someone just tells them a blind person works at a bank, then it still kind of seems to some degree... You're just left like with a, a lot of questions. Yeah. Well, how, would they, like, how could they possibly yeah. do that? Whereas if you're actually just in the workforce and you start seeing more and more blind people working in places, then it will become more normal and it won't be as mysterious. And Yeah. So, I don't know. It's a lot of... It's a lot of thinking. I'm, we're, we've come to the conclusion. Neither of us are a huge fan of the title World Sight Day, <laughs> I guess. But uh, um, well, if, if it was just strictly celebrating the ability to see, then that's that everybody does. Weird too. <laughs> well, everybody deserves a day. But yeah, to celebrate, it's like. But that's you know, a normal. That's like that's like having a day for white males. Like I don't know. Yeah, it just seems like, like they had a parade for white males. Yeah, after just, the women's marches. Right. But some blind people are taking um, some liberties and having some fun with these sort of days. Um, the, a few people I've seen on social media have turned it around on on everybody, and it's they consider October Meet the Sighted Month. <laughs> so that. we can totally turn it on in on everyone else uh, if we're tired of feeling like uh, you know we're being observed like we're in a zoo. But um, well, I was reading a a few different posts on, on Facebook and stuff about it and there there's a mixed view some blind people feel like oh this is a good thing to bring awareness mm -hmm. and other people feel like well this is just why do we have to have a month why can't people should be asking if they ever have a question anytime they should ask and that's yeah I, I just think again that that's maybe more of a really deep analysis when really it's just it's like all of these days yeah of course we want to have this happen every day but it is nice sometimes just to set aside some time to really specifically talk about it so that it's a an annual thing that keeps reminding people. And sometimes if you go back, if you just say an oh in everyday life, then it gets kind of swept under the rug. So, Well, um, I'm just quickly going to go to a few of these on this list for uh, World Sight Day um, or Meet the um, Sighted, actually. Um, we, they, it says that they hold events like a mixer to mingle and learn about the special equipment and techniques they use to cope with the presence of eyesight, which sounds funny to me. Coping with the presence of eyesight. Yeah, I don't know. This, this seemed a little silly to me, but I'm, I guess I'm, it's, <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's not a quite, sense of it's humor not quite, thing, I guess. That 
Yeah. Maybe it's I not quite our that. brand of humor. Right. Um, like, I can appreciate the irony in it and everything, but... Um, you can read a couple more if you want. <laughs> yeah, you sound really excited. <laughs> well, I read this this morning, and I, I, thought it was, I thought it was kind of, like, silly, but... I don't know. It was interesting to read. <laughs> I read the whole thing. Oh, you did? Okay. Um, well, sighted people are often capable of traveling. <laughs> Let me finish the sentence. Cooking or doing much of anything without the aid of um, functioning perfect eyesight. And um, anytime they're in the dark, there's a difficulty because uh, they haven't developed their skills. And somebody, I heard an interview on CBC just this morning with a woman who's, uh, she's a lawyer in here in Ontario. Uh, she's blind. And uh, she was uh, saying that, you know, you'd think after all these years with her family that she would have taught them that you can get around your house when it's without a light on. But uh, obviously, anytime we have sighted people come into our home, we turn on lights that we don't bother with when they're not here. Uh, saving hydro and turning off that annoying buzzing in your kitchen. Um, but uh, sighted people, like as soon as it's dark, oh my God, where's the light? I can't, you know, and I understand that. But um, yeah, I mean, this 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 post does dark. bring up some interesting things because it, it does make you think yeah. about, it, it does have a deeper, even though on the surface it might seem a little bit trivial and just silly, but I think now that I, the more I think about it, here I was putting it down a couple minutes ago, but the more I think about it, it does kind of point out some <laughs> interesting part, points in the sense of how much people do depend on the, their sense of sight, and that maybe mm-hmm. it is it is good if people kind of think about these things and would be able to cook. Not, like I mean, I know obviously if you have the the sense, you're going to use it, but it's, it's yeah. it just shows how much people depend on it. And like we've talked about on previous shows, like most of people senses they depend on is sight when 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 you don't have sight you still live a happy successful fulfilling life you realize that these other senses are very powerful and maybe they are underused by people yeah yeah but the idea of cooking or going getting up and going to the bathroom in the night without turning on lights is just um why would anybody who can see but that's why i thought our put themselves through that i thought our guest that we had on like over a month ago now, Caroline Karbowski was really interesting because that really brought out those points of kind of what we're talking about now about maybe you could do these things if you if you can see. Maybe you could read in the dark if you learned Braille. Like, I don't know, just, <laughs> just all these things yeah. that seem kind of outlandish, but there is some some interest to them. So, I don't know. Well, obviously, one we talk about a lot is um, sighted people, um, they can't understand often synthesized speech. And... Uh, Obviously, <laughs> it, it goes further here. It says, um, text to Braille display is almost always unreadable to them. <laughs> almost always. Like, they could maybe figure it out. Wait, you said text to Braille display? What does that mean? Well, like, going from um, screen readers and audio, as I said, synthesized to having a Braille display, an actual Braille. So they can't understand our vo- the voice oh, we listen right, to, right. Yeah. and they can't and read they the can't. Braille on our Braille displays. The, the difference about the voice, I just want to point out for listeners, is I think most people can understand it. It's more when it's sped up really fast. I know. Because blind people tend to, you know, it's like anything. After we use it long enough, we, we speed up the voice on our computer so we can read things quicker and get through things quicker. And 
normally, yeah, it's it's super fast. People can't necessarily understand it. Like, um, like if I turn my phone on now, you hear like speech on, speech on. It says speech off. Like that, you might have been able to understand. It's right. Not super fast. I just I just wanted to point out that it's it's not like it's some foreign speech or something. It's just no more learned with it's with speaking practice English. But I think, but it like our it's just. Are you going to say that same thing? Probably. I just think it's funny that our father got an iPhone for the first time recently. And he was just, I don't know. It's like a habit now. All of a sudden he's sitting there and all of a sudden he turns on the voice, which all you do is you, you press that home key on your iPhone three times really fast. And it turns on a voice. Yeah, so I can have use a, his phone. If you have an iPhone right now and you're listening, uh, give that a try. Press yeah. your round that home button three times quick. I think there actually is in the settings you can change that for other accessibility things to to do other functions instead of the voice if you have another disability. But I think by default it's set up with voiceover because right when I got my iPhone, I just I could turn it on myself. I didn't need any sighted assistance, and yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing. It still amazes me to this day. Yeah, and these are little um, facts that most people don't know so it's fun to let them in on it because it is kind of interesting all right well we're up on the halfway point of the show already so let's take a quick break and good we'll idea be back with more outlook welcome back on this monday morning happy thanksgiving canadian listeners and um we are back on outlook 949 uh radio western to talk about really a mixed bag of things today yeah, now that we have one no one here to interview mixed bag episodes it's been quite a while well i guess we did have one without well no we did have a guest even for the discussion about the yeah the, uh, hello darkness that. my old friend um, mm -hmm. so we haven't really had a, an episode where it's just us kind of chilling out and catching up on things so it's kind of nice to do that and we've been talking a lot about this October, which is Blindness Awareness Month and Meet the Blind <laughs> Month and has World Sight Day was on the 8th of October. White Cane Day is coming up on the 15th. And, and of course, White Cane Day is uh, important. It's really sad to me. I'm in a lot of these groups on Facebook and, and uh, you know, all the blind people I've sort of gotten to know in my life the last couple of years and just the ones I, I just read what they're writing on social media. And it just shows how pervasive the whole thing is about shame around white canes and i know I, I brought that up a couple weeks ago there when we i did that book review for a book um written by a blind man who's best friends with art garfunkel uh that he went all he's gone his whole life since going blind in college this man um not refusing to use a guide dog or a cane and obviously gu guide dogs aren't for everybody uh and you hate to get to a point where you feel like we're saying blind people, you be one of us and you have to use a cane, it's, you know, but you kind of do. It's a, I hear a lot of stories of people who hurt themselves. They're always running into things and they wouldn't have to do that if they just use their cane. But there's so much stigma still around it. And again, I think as that, much as it's that all used. ties back into society where the, the this discussion on working on plans to get more disability people into the workforce and I think that's really the big part of it is getting more people with disabilities in the workforce so someday the more that that happens the more normalized it'll be and then people people who are going blind who are all who might be who are going to feel scared as anyone would they're going to see more people out there that are blind doing it and the more normalized it is eventually they're going to hopefully pick these things up because it's a tough thing you don't 
not neither of us want to judge someone if they don't want to use a cane or a guide dog. It's their decision, but it just doesn't. Yeah. I just I'm putting myself in that position. I can't imagine it. Like it's it just gave me gives me my independence having a cane and when I had a guide dog. So. Hmm. And again, I I know all about shame. Uh, I've been using a cane practically my whole life, at least to some degree, and yet I still feel like I stand out and like you know people stare and they oh my god the cane's coming my way it's gonna trip me and it just yeah I know it's it's one of those things that it's been ingrained for so long in your mind and you it's so different for you because you used to be able to see quite a bit so it's yes it's definitely different if you're born blind than 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 not so oh but it's just heartbreaking to me when I hear about somebody saying yeah uh, I guess I may have to resort to a cane sooner than later. And then they just go on and talk about all the injuries they're getting because they're running into things and they're falling on, tripping on curbs. And, and that can, you know, get dangerous, obviously, if you're on the road. And Yeah, and it's one of those things so. that you can, you can look at the individual and say, why are they making this choice? But at the same time, it's, it, I think it's a deeper thing than that. It's a, it's a society thing that people feel that way. And it's, yeah. it's not always an individual just choice to feel like like that so um i thought i found an interesting stat from the um the uh, world health organization i thought i would just read just to give people an idea now that since it is blindness awareness month and yeah um i happen to agree with the world health health organization and this kind of stuff so Hmm. um they say there are 285 million people who are visually impaired worldwide and 39 million of those are completely blind. So just to to give you an idea of how many, I mean, it's sure it's still a a small, smaller group of people, but it's a, it's a big talent pool. And that's where it all comes back to getting more people in the workforce. The the workforces are missing out on all this. Plus it, it goes well for a, a, in a, a business to have have different perspectives and different people yep. working there it's it it's it's a win-win for everyone really it's just people are afraid to kind of to get started and it takes a lot of work but it's it's one of those things that it would it would pay off in the end for sure so yeah because we have a complicated discussion all the time uh about um what kind of supports there should be in a society like ours here in Canada for people with disabilities, because as we said recently, disability is such a wide, a wide, uh, expansive. Yeah. Well, like they say, like also in the same thing from the world health organization, they say blindness is often presented as a completely incapacitating disability of total Mm. vision loss. So that just sounds so dramatic. So harsh. Yeah. Like I get there, I know what they're, I think after that they might be going into how there's different levels and stuff and it's not always, but, but that, again, that's still making it sound like the total blindness is a real incapacitating disability loss. Like it's, I don't know, just, it's just these words are so dramatic. and Words are powerful, man. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of words, um, just to sort of give a quick thing about what I've been up to, up to lately. Yeah, I was uh, going to say we should talk about that next. Um, what I'm seeing on the notes here, what we've been so up to. So yesterday I, yesterday I got paid for a few writing jobs I've done recently. Uh, one of them is uh, an essay about Braille, 
as a matter of fact, that I have in, a, in an anthology called O Reader. So ohreader.com. You can order them. These is that anthologies. available yet or is it still being? Yeah, it's available. So that's out. Uh, so I, I always, it's always nice as a writer to see my, my writing in, in print. Uh, I've been in eh, one, a couple other print publications, but obviously most things these days, is, it's online. But uh, yeah, I'm still proud of the essay and it's a nice little book. They sent me a contributor copy. Also, uh, I was paid for my work as a sensitivity reader, which I'm not sure if I mentioned that on uh, Outlook before. I'm not sure. I'd maybe talk about it for a couple of minutes here. Yeah, so it certain, sort of kind of recently became a thing, sensitivity reading. So um, when a writer writes a book, you know, the whole controversy about with writers, should you write about, should you write a character who has a, a lived experience that you don't know? Obviously, if you're writing fiction, well, of course you could. But it comes down to sensitivity in how different characters are portrayed in literature. And if you choose to write, uh, a story with characters that you can't personally relate to in reality, then you can seek out somebody who may have that lived experience, whether it's uh, racial or ethnic or gender or whatever it might be. And they read through, it can be all, it can be all the way from a, a, an 80,000 page um, novel, uh, page words, uh, word novel, or um, that's a lot of <laughs> That's a lot of pages. pages. Holy crap. <laughs> 80,000 word manuscript all the way down to a children's book, which is what I did. You started um, with a children's book, not an 80,000 page. <laughs> that would be a lot of Braille, 80,000 pages. <laughs> yeah, because Braille is a lot bigger, so that would be... Yeah, we always talk about how Braille's nice now because it's all electronic and you can have a whole bunch of books on your little iPhone and read and with a Braille just a display. side note, that's something I could still... It's hard for me to grasp how print can be so small, Cause just because I'm, uh, I've never seen you've it. Never and seen I, it, and I, I feel Braille, and it seems small enough, but I know it's still in, obviously not that small compared to wait how you can write print, and it just it fascinates yeah. me. Like all I can really write with a pencil is kind of my signature, which is a BK. So, I, yeah. and I, you know, I kind of try to do that. I know what the the shapes are like, but. Um, just the fact that someone could draw those really or write those really small, like smaller than or print them, I guess, smaller than Braille is it's hard for me to fathom. But. Like when I hear someone who can see say, oh, I can't read that. That, that print's too tiny. It's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's what I've been up to. So that is a children's book. So called, you did that uh, already? Oh, sorry. What's the title? Yes, I did it. Uh, and it doesn't take a lot of time to do a sensitivity read for a children's book. Um, but it's a lovely little book, actually. And I, again, will get a contributor copy next year when it comes out. I haven't heard of an actual publication date yet, but uh, I'm keeping an eye out. What's because it called? My, so it's a, it's a, a book called uh, My City Speaks, and it's part of a three-book series uh, forest is green and my ocean the ocean is blue kind of thing so then my city speaks is about a little blind girl who is just going through her traveling through her, her city and there's you know she comes across smells and noises and a whole bunch of things and so i just read through it to make sure that it you know was portraying blindness as best it could obviously that that can be a big responsibility it was a little blind girl in this book and 
again, as we said at the beginning of the show, the theme of music comes into it. She's on her way to a violin lesson, not to give, given the whole story away here. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I can't speak for all blind people and I, I haven't been a child, a blind child in 20. Well, that's the other thing is years, when, so. when, even when the, you ask someone who's, who's blind to, to read these things for a sensitivity read, their opinions yeah. might be different than another blind person. And then at exactly. that same time, you, you do feel that responsibility that you're speaking for all blind people by making these decisions. And it's a, um, I don't know if you can really speak on it. Was there anything in the book that what did think did seem insensitive or anything that you did comment on? I don't know if you can talk about that at all. Yeah. Um, no, I, well, I think I can. No, I mean, I was pretty, I was pretty impressed. Um, but it is nice to give feedback and tips not just uh you know they didn't pay me just to read it they they wanted my thoughts um so i did actually contribute something that maybe wouldn't i'm not even sure if it's going to make it in the book yet but it was a suggestion that she should be if we're talking about a book with sounds plop and zoom and wham you know those kind of sounds that it's words for little kids to learn how to say yeah um and uh yeah so I thought, why not add in tap, tap, tap with her for her cane? It makes sense to me that mm, that should be a, a sound in the book. So, yeah. So, I mean, she had a cane in the book, but, uh, you know, I didn't even really know it because obviously I couldn't see the book. They sent me a version of the book, a rough draft. And I did actually get, I asked, I think, I think it was our mother. I asked maybe so, someone who can see that I really trust to give me a good visual description of what the book looks like. I, I just you know just as a backup yeah it's another interesting thing that you wouldn't, if you're a se the sensitivity reader you're not looking at all the Im imagery in the book no i'm not I'm, i wasn't any... yeah i wasn't um able to give much feedback on the drawings per se but um yeah so i gave a few suggestions in a nice little report and it's a great publisher kids can press in toronto and uh i'm i'll be very proud to be um a part of a children's literature, Canadian lit, which I want to um, read more of and, and promote more of. So that's one, that's kind of what I've been up to. What about you? Yeah. So getting back into music a little bit, I was practicing again with my band Saturn Rings briefly. We had yeah. two practices over the last few weeks, but as of this past week or two, <laughs> We've stopped again just because there are five of us in the band. Well, sometimes even six. Um, <laughs> we have a saxophone player that's been there a little bit here and there. So five or six people crammed into a small basement. It just doesn't seem like a good idea at the moment. So we put those on hold, but it was nice to get a couple in just to get yeah. the creativity going again. And it always feels good after a jam. I feel like tired, but in a good way and refreshed. And right. Um, so I've done that. And then with Trusty Fox, the other um, folk project I play with here in London. Um, we've been getting a few gigs again from London Arts Live, a great organization here in, in London. It's through the London Arts Council where they mm -hmm. uh, pay performers. So it's it's a great it's a great opportunity. I've been we've done did a couple in uh, a couple in August and then one with them in September, plus another event in September, which was interesting um, for the London Cycle Link and that was a a neat a neat gig at the uh, Anderson's Brewery where this uh this organization um 
I had some notes on exactly what it is here. It's a volunteer-driven organization that advocates on behalf of all Londoners to make London a safe, healthy, cycle-friendly city. Mm. So, again, that that kind of ties into what we were talking about a while ago about or what we're still dealing with is this bike lane case out west and everything and yeah. It all ties together, but it's it is important for cyclists to have safety as well and it's all mm-hmm. about inclusivity. So it was nice to play this event. Um it seemed like a very important cause and while well, the weather holds out. Yeah, it was still nice so we could play outside. It was socially distanced. Tables are very spread apart at Anderson's. It's a good place for following the rules and everything. It's just the way they mm-hmm. have the patio out there and in the parking lot and everything and expanded it and uh, played a, played with some other London uh, musicians, Jessica Woneal, great musician here from London, and Thesis Sahib, a producer and uh, beat maker mm. and rapper and everything. So it was, a, it was a really cool event that we played last month for CycleLink. And then actually last weekend, um, beginning of October here on the 3rd, we played actually uh, for this uh, pottery market. They have... Uh, <laughs> I guess they have this a couple times a year. Down You're a big Hamlin, pottery. So. You're a big pottery guy, right? Yeah, I love uh, ceramics. <laughs> no, I'm actually I'm kind of interested in it. Do you have a kiln? It, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, each spring and fall season, they say pottery lovers from around the region are drawn to the potteries, the potters, or sorry, the potters market show and sale. <laughs> Thousands Sounds of funny. pieces of functional and sculptural pottery made by members of the London Potters Guild. So there was tons of pottery so you, on sale. I didn't actually check out any of the pottery. I know somebody who's who I think is a part of that guild. I wonder if he was there. Oh, really? Yeah. Could have been. We ran uh, into, um, I think some people, oh. a lot of people just didn't know people around there. But um, one of our teachers from music industry arts happened to be there. So he came over and we talked for a couple minutes while, in, during our break. Distanced, and, I hope. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was wearing a mask. Because in the, in the pottery area where I, I didn't even go, that's where it was a little bit more crowded so you'd probably want to wear a mask mm. in there but we were kind of playing on the outskirts so we, yeah. we were spread out and and it was all good and actually our it's it's me and uh my friend matt but then we have two other bandmates who we played a couple shows back in march before all this happened and we haven't seen them since so they actually came out just to say hi and from a distance and it was nice to we actually got a picture a socially distanced picture of all of us as a, <laughs> as a band so it was kind of nice as a little reunion a socially distanced so. picture <laughs> Yeah, so... Well, good for you. So, yeah, I've been keeping up with both of those things and, um, well, the one band, not so much now. And now that it's getting colder again and these these London Arts outdoor gigs are going to start to Mm -hmm. become less and less, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's been good to keep busy with the music stuff and then still just been busy with my music radio show. Uh, I spend a lot of time on that every week at least 15 or 20 hours preparing music and listening and organizing and and this the canadian federation of the blind i was elected national treasurer a few months ago so i've still been uh, working at that quite a bit just keeping notes of everything and receipts and invoices paid and making notes on all the payments that are coming in and going out and all this kind of stuff and I still need to get some sort of a credit card. So that's another mm-hmm. thing. So Fun. I don't know. I'd say keeping keeping pretty busy, all things considered. And I'm lucky that things have been going okay for me. But, you know, it's still just being cautious and haven't really been around many people. I was out for that, that Potter's mm-hmm. gig last weekend. But other than that, I've and our 
jam that we did have a few weeks ago before things started to spike a little bit again. But since then, I've been I've been pretty much keeping to myself and staying safe. So. Yeah, well, I've been doing a lot of watching audio, like watching things with audio description. So on Netflix, most most things are described there now, which is really nice. So I was watching a David Attenborough. That's his name, right? Yeah, he's yeah the, David Attenborough. He's like a documentarian. Is he? He's like a. Um, I'm not sure if he's actually a biologist, but he he goes out in and makes yeah documentaries in the wild. So. Uh, he has one because he's in his 90s now. He's getting old. He's getting up there. And uh, so he's been around a long time and seen sort of the environment take a turn the last 50, 70 years. Um, but there were so many beautiful descriptions in that documentary of the the, the wild places he, he travels. And um, and when you mix that with his voice and, and his passion for um, the natural world, it's it just it cheered me up. Uh, as you said, I used to have more sight than I do now, and um, I, I still, I still see things in my imagination. So when I'm watching a, a documentary with all that really rich descriptive audio description uh, lines, it really helps me uh, imagine it. And also, I watch something which a lot of people have been watching on Netflix called "My Octopus Teacher." which is about a man on the coast of South Africa who goes swimming, diving every, every day for like a year and, and befriends an octopus and the same thing, beautiful uh, visuals. Uh, and so once I have those described to me, like with Netflix there, uh, I really can feel like I'm watching it in my own way. <laughs> so I just like that. And, and, and anything about a documentary about wild places of the world uh, yeah, takes my mind always, off everything else it's always interesting and I think nature has always always been part of meditating and just relaxing and everything and it's it's just mm -hmm. it's, it's always there and there is always calmness out there amongst all this chaos so I think it is a it is a good time to to watch those types of things and it's pretty neat but it's like just so nice just to, just to have it not be a thing audio description it's just becoming more common yeah and it's it's different when it's one it's all under one service like that obviously there's still a lot of yeah other places. i mean there's amazon prime and there's hulu and there's apple but, but netflix is still the such a common popular one that it's nice to yeah. see that that one would have it specifically yeah. because it's but even that like even most most movies and most shows and stuff now have description um, done somewhere whether it be even just some of the tv ones that you can get on some of those channels or on yeah. netflix or whatever it is so it is compared to 20 30 years ago when people were buying vhs tapes and it just wasn't built into tv like that when closed captioning was was becoming a thing but not audio description quite yet and i really gotta i really gotta watch more more <laughs> more netflix or more show i mean no i don't think many Take a people break from music i don't think many people say that oh i don't watch enough tv or this or that but it's it's just one of those things that i'm i'm always if anyone's listened to my music show they'll know but I'm just so obsessed and passionate and inspired by music that I'm constantly listening to radio shows and looking up music yeah. and discovering new music. And that's, that's great. But I really always want to expand my, my knowledge and always trying to learn more. So I, it's really cool that you're watching all of this stuff recently in descriptive. And you talked about that with a, 
a website recently too, I think that you've been getting a lot of descriptive movies and stuff from. We watched mm-hmm. we watched one a couple weeks ago actually. Uh, oh yeah. A movie that I told my friend actually was that recognizable? I, I, I don't could, know. I could overdub the music on post production nice. here. Um but yeah. yeah we watched that actually that was right before our um our last jam with Saturn Rings and Woodstock before we had to cut back on those but uh my the point being that my friend in the band I told him I just watched it and he said you've never watched it before and he was so surprised he's like that's <laughs> one of my that's one of my favorite movies as a kid I loved that movie I always got it from Blockbuster and <laughs> yeah um, so it just it makes me think that growing up I definitely wasn't my as as a lot of kids can be and people it's I wasn't as I was kind of more close minded didn't have a great attention span yeah well yeah, yeah and i just this didn't, is boring i didn't really and again not as much description around then too and just different things but yeah. even still now i just i've never been a huge tv movie person when i watch them i like them i just don't always think to do it um on my own yeah but at the same time it does help you connect with people and and being able to watch these things and so what if i didn't watch jaws yet at least i watched it now right there's it's never too late how did you find the audio description for jaws I think so. That site often for many of the movies on, that it lists, you can you, you can either download the UK audio description or the US one. What is the uh, site? Just to tell our listeners, do you know? Uh, AudioVault.net. So AudioVault V A U L T dot net. Yeah, they have a huge selection there for free. They have a for, lot of movies there and some shows. And... Um, but yeah, like you say, they have multiple versions of some movies compare having the u.s version and the uk version and and that is a good thing too because like uh, uh, you noticed i think too the description on jaws there were certain parts where it was good um, yeah i mean it would they would go for like five minutes it felt like and we're like where did the describer go yeah it's just sometimes they're not like as there's good as gotta others. be something going on on the screen right now that we're not being told about yeah so I thought on first watch, for me, I, I no matter what movie, I kind of think I have to watch movies at least two or three times to really get everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one, if I watch, or when I watch it again, I do plan to. I want to watch the <laughs> U.S. version just to see if it is. I think I'm done. Movement. I've well, seen you, it enough. Well, you've seen it a lot more growing up. I never really did, so. It was just kind of in the background sometimes, but yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the, the quality of audio description is different. But I thought one on interesting thing that, um, that I guess I kind of picked up from the description maybe a little bit... Um, just mm. my friend pointing pointed out that how especially at the time how how um, intense this movie looked just based on the visuals yeah. and everything. But the fact that you don't really see the shark for most of it, like you just oh, kind of okay. see the water moving and you see all this stuff, but you that hints at it so much, but you don't really see it until I think near the mm-hmm. end. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I quite understood that from from just the description. Like I maybe when I when I thought the shark was there earlier on, I thought maybe you saw it. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I didn't think about and you, you wouldn't think about. But for someone who's blind, you rely on this this narrator, right? And you rely on being able to hear the, the rest of the movie. But if there's this long s- silence uh, without the audio describer stepping in, you, you just sort of wonder where he went. And yeah, you would miss something like that. Um, but I think that's part of the part of the excitement in the in the suspense yeah, of the movie visually, is not technically seeing yeah. it whereas when you're blind and you just hear the description that you don't necessarily know you don't think about that then it might not have quite the same effect so i just it's just interesting to think yeah. about um yeah i mean i didn't 
I don't love that movie. Um, but actually, Canada, I think we have our own sort of jaws going on on the wa- on the waters off the east coast. I again, I don't want to call it jaws because that's sort of when that movie came out, it sort of scared everybody about going in the water and about sharks, and they've been really trying to fight that ever since <laughs> since 1975 when the movie came out there you know sharks are not mindless eating machines and but they found a really 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 big great great white uh off the coast of nova scotia just oh, me wow. as a r- marine lover i just thought i'd throw that in there <laughs> yeah no it's always interesting to to think about the the ocean and the seas and these creatures out there that so- yeah i prefer to look just imagine them out there living their lives yeah for sure well it's a big big world out there and there's a lot going on as we all know and i gotta say i like uh blindness awareness month because it's bam you know bam right in your face right in your face just like outlook we're in your face telling you telling you the (laughs) truth all the things you you might not have wanted to know all right audio description and much more. All right. Well, I guess that's just about it for this week. We have an exciting guest next week. We will go back to a bit of a music theme and uh, a local guest yeah. as well. And then after that, we have another guest that isn't local, but very uh, excited about that one as well. Yeah. So. She, ru- she runs a Facebook page I love to follow called Happiness is Blind. All right. Great note to leave things on. Happiness is Blind. <laughs> See you next week. Find us on Twitter at OutlookCFB and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.